You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. God sees something in me that sometimes I can't see in myself. And when you're not convinced that there's any worth in you that God can make of use for His glory, read that time and again until you become a believer. Matthew 10, 31. You are of more value than many sparrows. Yes, you are valuable to God. Yes, you can make a difference for Jesus. Don't ever let the devil or anybody else lie to you and tell you that you're no account, no good for nothing. No, God wants to use you and he wants to use you in a mighty way. Do you use your gifts on a daily basis? Do you make an effort to further God's gospel every day? Today in his message, Pastor Gary wants you to know that God didn't give you gifts just to sit on them. If you're not on the field playing in the game, you're not living out your full potential. Stop wasting your glorious gifts and make a difference in your community for the sake of the Lord. Even if you feel like God can't use you or you don't know what your gifts are, let Him work through you by way of His grace. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, as he continues his message, The Treasure Within. How many of you know that just as you have to dig for the treasures of the earth, such as diamonds or gold or veins of silver in the earth, often God the Holy Spirit has to unearth all of the debris and all of the rubble that's in our hearts, that's in our minds, uh, that, would, that would otherwise snuff out the light of the gospel that is within us. And so that's why when you're saved, the Holy Spirit begins immediately to work on you and I. He begins to immediately point out things that don't look like Jesus. And you can't get by with anything as a Christian, not for very long. Because now you have a father that wants you to look like Jesus, all right? But notice in our text, verse 6, for God who commanded the light to shine out of what? Out of darkness. This was interesting to me, this phrase, the terminology, the way the word of God uh, was, was set right here. Because I thought light would not come from darkness, but it would be directed to darkness. But it said the light came from darkness. What God is telling us is when he moved into you and he moved into me, he set his light right up in the midst of an otherwise utterly dark place so that his light can exude from that otherwise dark place called our heart. The Bible said the heart of man is Wicked, desperately wicked. Amen. Who can know it? Well, that's the dark. You know, our hearts are dark without Christ. Our minds are dark without Christ. Our spirits are dark without Christ. So he set his lamp right up in the middle so that that light could shine from an otherwise dark place. So that when people see you and see people see me, they see the radiance of the light of Christ. They see the difference and they're like, oh, wow. What's going on at their camp? Because I don't, I've never bumped into the light that's like that. You know, they might even have to squint their eyes a little, put, put shades on because the light of God's grace is shining so from your life that it don't even, they don't even recognize you as a normal human being. 
And we're not normal. Amen. We're not supposed to be normal. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be peculiar. We're supposed to be set apart. Amen. And so, uh, hey, uh, if, if the world persecutes you, if the world talks about you, talks about how funny you live and all that, hey, just, just, just take that as an honor that they're running their mouth about you because you're supposed to be different. Amen? If we were the same old, same old, why would they be attracted to the God that we serve? Amen? This is why, what boggles my mind when I think about churches that try to be more worldly. And they try to... Uh, create an atmosphere that looks more like a nightclub. Come on, somebody help me. I'm not, I don't want to get all legalistic this morning, but y'all know I'm telling you the truth. They try to create an environment that attracts the lost into a familiar, a familiarly, did I say that right? A familiarly dark place. Amen. But when they come to the house of God, they ought to notice a distinction. Amen? We ought, to, we ought to be attracting them with something that's different, not something that's similar. All right? Now, here's the newsflash. They're not really attracted to the light. Only the Holy Spirit can do that work. Amen? Only the Holy Spirit can make a sinner want to be here. So what we got to do is we got to love them, give them a reason to come through our love that's shed abroad in our hearts for people. And when they come, pray that the Holy Spirit does a work in their heart where they too can see the light. God opens their blinded eyes and then they can see. That's the treasure we have that's inside of us, but we need not allow the debris of sin to cover that light up. What does the scripture say? Jesus taught us, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, right? Good, y'all know your Bible. Listen, my works are not for me to show off and brag about myself. My works are so that they can see what God's done in my life and want to know the God that I have come to learn to know and love and trust, right? See, religion religious works people who do works to obtain salvation that's the whole purpose they're trying to gain brownie points with god they're trying to gain favor with god through their good works god never asked the christian to do good works to prove themselves. never the text reminded us of the frailty of the frame that we are without him in and of our flesh and of ourselves dwelleth no good thing even though you're saved your flesh is still just as rotten as it was before God saved you because redemption is not 100% complete yet that's the Bible I'm just teaching you the Bible so your flesh will always war against your spirit so the treasure you have is Christ in you and so you work not to obtain or to keep salvation but to glorify God and bring others to him and so what we do when we don't engage in the work of the Lord after we're saved is we hide it under a bushel. When you're not doing the work of the Lord that God has called you to do, you are literally hiding the light that's in you because they can't see it. How do they know he's in you if you don't do the work that he wants the world to see? 
That's why we are loud and boisterous around here. Some people think it's because I'm trying to build a name for myself. I, 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 I can tell you right now, uh, if, if that would be a pitiful sight. Amen. Uh, I don't have a name to brag on. You can check my credit and you can tell, man, I got some things I got to work on. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Uh, I, I don't have much to brag on, but let me tell you about a name that's above every name. I can point you to him. Amen. Uh, I, I can already tell you right now, it won't take you long to find dirt on me. Amen. Uh, and, and I might as well just go ahead and get that out there now so that you can't go try to hold it over my head later as blackmailing. Amen. I can tell you I'm a sinner. I can tell you I'm flawed. I can tell you I'm not perfect, but I can tell you one that's perfect in every way and every amen and listen what we're doing is we're just trying to magnify his name get the word of god out let people know that's why we do the tent revival that's why we do uh uh the dental bus is so that the public eye can notice something maybe they hadn't noticed before uh, you know, we get in our religious patterns, and, and I think there's some healthy patterns, such as regular church attendance. That's a healthy pattern. Would you agree? But sometimes we need to do something that's off pattern, just so somebody driving by the tent say, I ain't never noticed that there before. And they might pull in, and, and they might just happen to pull up, but God might have just happened to schedule to save them before, from before the foundation of the world. And if we didn't show the world, the works that we're doing for Jesus, they'd have never known to pull in the start. You see what I'm saying? So that treasure's within, but we've got to work it out first by repenting of our sin, getting all that debris, all that junk out of us that keeps us and prohibits us from serving God, but then to begin to do the actual works of the Lord that He's called us to do. So unearth that treasure, let the, shine, the light shine in a dark place. So but let me give you some food for thought, okay? First thing I want to say is the devil knows how much worth you are. And God knows how much worth you are. But the question is, do you know how much worth you are? I'm not talking about your earthen vessel. I'm talking about the treasure in your earthen vessel. Amy bought me some cologne I guess before we even got married, maybe after we got married, I can't remember the, the cool water cologne you're talking about. Uh, I wear it so little, there's still, still a little bit left in the bottom of the bottle. I should use it more, right? Here's my point. When that thing gets on empty, as far as I'm concerned, that bottle has no more value to it because I don't value it based upon the container, but I value it based upon the content. And you don't value what God's trying to do in you based upon what you see in the mirror. You value it based upon what God's doing in your heart. So you never second guess what God said he wants to do with you. He's the maker. He's the potter. You're the clay. Can the clay say to the potter, why have you made me thus? No, if God says, I'm going to raise you up and I'm going to use you in a great and mighty way, don't make the mistake. So many make it saying, not me, Lord, you picked the wrong guy. You picked the wrong girl. Amen. No, God knows who you are. He knows that the potter knows the clay. 
He knows the process that it's going to require to get you from point A to point Z. Amen. He knows that he's going to have to pull you out. He knows that he's going to clean you up. He knows he's going to have to put moisture on you. He knows he's going to have to put you on that wheel. He knows he's going to have to mold and make you in his hands as you're spinning and confused and bewildered. Oh, what are we going through now? Amen. Uh, He knows uh, that he's going to have to put you into the oven uh, uh, to purify you and to, uh, what do they call it, to cure you, so to speak, Uh, and to give you some resilience and resistance to heat. Uh, He knows uh, what it's going to take before you are the quote-unquote final product and he can put you on full display for his glory. He knows all of this, and yet he took the challenge on because he knows the power of his own word. He knows what he can do with you and I. That's why you should never give up on yourself. And you should never give up on each other. Amen. Sometimes we give up on ourselves too soon. And sometimes we give up on each other too soon. Amen. Have you ever been frustrated with yourself? Don't raise your hand. Have you ever been frustrated with anybody else? Don't raise your hand. We've all have, haven't we? But we've got to be careful with this. Who are we to cut anybody off from serving God? What qualifies any of us? From saying so-and-so shouldn't serve God. Or so-and-so shouldn't do. That's God's business. Amen. That's God's business. Amen. And we've got to realize the Lord knows how to bring that treasure out. Yeah. And, uh, and I can tell you, he's still got a whole lot of work to do on me. A whole lot. He's been working on me overtime this weekend. Yeah. You see, y'all think y'all get all the preaching. The Holy Ghost puts me in the woodshed too. He sure does. And uh and I'm not always good at responding like I need to either. I'll just be honest with you. I posted on Facebook earlier today I'm a better preacher than I am a Christian. Seriously, I feel like I can preach better than I can be like Jesus. And that's a shame. Amen. Hey, hey, uh, I got a question for you. Uh, you may not preach, but do you sometimes feel like you can do church better than you can be a Christian? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's easier to go through the motions. It's easier to perform certain religious tasks than it is to actually be who you say you are or what you perform in a few moments of service to the Lord. So it's not about activity, it's about a relationship with God. And what we want to do is we want to get to that point to where we're walking so close to Jesus that we, we represent his heartbeat with every step that we take, every move that we make. Is that a song? Did I just quote some lyrics? I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to go there. <laughs> But uh, hold on, Miss Francis. Hold on, Miss Francis. Let me finish, okay? Uh, thank you. Uh, but listen to me. We need to be willing to let the Holy Spirit of God teach us how to be like Jesus. And if we become like Jesus, guess what happens? Who was Jesus? I came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. What did Jesus do? He ministered. That's right. He ministered. All right, if Jesus ministered and he wants us to be like him, then why are we not 
ministering? That's a good question, isn't it? Because Jesus does what Jesus does. Jesus loves people. Jesus serves people. Jesus even washes the feet of his own betrayer. Wow. But just because I'm so much different than Jesus, does that mean I should just give up? Or should I strive? Should I reach? Amen? So that's that process of digging, see? The Holy Spirit will start unearthing things and showing you. And, and he's so gracious. He, he often does it one item at a time, one issue at a time, one layer at a time. Because we can only take so much upheaval in a day because we're, we're human. How many of you know that sometimes we're slow learning and we're slow obeying? Sometimes it's not that we don't know, it's that we know, but we're still not ready to take that step because it's going to be a hard one. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult to obey God. Has God ever asked you to do something hard? No? I'm going to ask y'all, has anybody over here asked God ever asked you to do anything hard? All right, thank you. (laughs) I'm going to have to talk to you, Francis, after church because I need to know the secret. Amen. God's asked me to do some hard things. And I don't always want to do what he asked me to do. Peter didn't want to go to the cross. But eventually he said, I'll do it. For you, Jesus. For you. Not for anybody else. But for you, he got to the point where he said, I'll do anything. God begin to layer back, peel back the layers of his heart. Sometimes we don't even know we have issues till the Holy Spirit starts digging deep and starts putting us to the test. And all of a sudden, the test is not just... See, God already knows where we're at. You know who the test is for? It's not so that God can figure out whether or not you're stout enough. It's for you to know that you're not. And for you to see what he's trying to do to fix you and I. So he turns the heat on. He peels back the layers to reveal more rock and soil and debris that's covering up that light in our heart. He said, you really, this is not how you let the light shine. You can't hold on to this bitterness. You can't hold on to this, whatever it might be, uh, this, this, this sinful habit or this unwillingness to follow the Lord in, the, in a step of obedience. You can't hold on to this stuff and truly let your light shine. And so he does us a favor. And he starts unearthing that treasure. And honestly, when, when you're used to your stuff, it hurts to, for it to be pulled away from you. It does. It, it'll change your identity. You'll lose yourself by the time God gets through with you. You know, preachers preach a lot about the anointing, or at least I do. And a lot of preacher friends I know do. And we talk about how the anointing breaks the yoke, and it does. It, it, It was actually prophetic of the government would be upon Jesus' shoulders but because of the anointing that God put on his life, he'll be able to overcome every obstacle to perform the mission that God sent him on, which was to redeem fallen man, right? He has anointed me to preach the gospel. 
to the poor. He's anointed me to, to let the oppressed go free, break all this stuff that he was anointed to do, right? And we, we preach and shout about the, the yoke being broken. Bless God, when God calls you to it, he'll see you through it. And if God's anointing's on you, ain't a devil in hell can stop you. And we shout about that yoke being broken until we look in the mirror and realize the biggest yoke that's on us is self. And then we realize he's got to break us down too. And when I realized that the yoke was me, it changed my tune. It changed my tone. I'm like, whoa. Been praying God to break the yoke. Didn't know I was praying God break me. Break me, Lord. And I can't back up now. What, what other option do I have to keep self alive? Peter fought to preserve himself in the garden and to preserve the Lord's life when they came at him. Peter took out his sword and swung for the guy's head. He ducked and he got his ear. And Jesus rebuked Peter and said, put up thy sword because Peter was trying to preserve self, but Jesus was trying to deny self. Until that anointing works on us, we have no bragging rights on how much God uses us to break yokes in other people's lives. I'm talking about unearthing treasures unearthing God's going to work on us amen he's going to work on us there's just things we've got to let go of there's got things we've got to be expo- God's got exposed to our own heart and you got to know that by the time God gets through working on you it's going to be glorious it'll hurt at first in fact you'll die but how many of you know resurrection mourners after after the crucifixion of self. Amen. So if the devil can convince you that you are worthless, then he will have avoided his greatest fear. You want to know what the devil's greatest fear is? I believe his greatest fear is your knowledge of the treasure that God has deposited into you to be unearthed and discovered and utilized. If the church today realized how impactful they could be because of what God put in them, the devil would be nervous today. But instead, he's got us nervous. And we should not fear the process of the Holy One of Israel in our lives. Your enemy is jealous that you are made in the likeness and in the image of God. Therefore, he attacks you. That's what the battle has been about from the first fall of man. So I close with these passages of Scripture, these verses rather, Matthew chapter 10. I want you to contemplate on this as we bring this to a close. Verse 29, he said, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? One of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. Think of the God who is so tender that he even attends the funeral of every sparrow. Millions die every day around the world that nobody knows anything about, yet God attends their funeral. And he says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not you, therefore you are of more value than many sparrows. I didn't write it, but I'm glad I read it. But I found out that God sees something in me that sometimes I can't see in myself. And when you're not convinced that there's any worth in you that God can make of use for his glory, 
Read that time and again until you become a believer. Matthew 10, 31. You are of more value than many sparrows. Yes, you are valuable to God. Yes, you can make a difference for Jesus. Don't ever let the devil or anybody else lie to you and tell you that you're no account, no good for nothing. No, God wants to use you, and he wants to use you in a mighty way. So let the Holy Spirit to dig for that treasure that's in there because it's in there somewhere. And God wants to bring it out of you and bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. And if you are in agreement with that, can you give me a hearty amen? You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. We're so glad you joined us today for this study in God's Word. Be sure to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss a new edition. This broadcast is part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more about it and Pastor Gary by visiting our website, garycottle.com. That's Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. We'd like to invite you to partner with us in sharing the good news of Jesus through this ministry. Would you join Pastor Gary in praying for those listening? Pray for ears to be open and hearts to be receptive to the truth and love found only in God. Please keep Pastor Gary in your prayers as well as he continues to seek God's direction in this ministry. Another way you can be a part of what we're doing is through financial gifts. All amounts are appreciated and useful. Please prayerfully consider your involvement in this way. And if you feel led to give, you can mail a check to Gary Connell Ministries, 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. That's 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. Thank you for partnering with us, and thank you for listening today to True North.